What up? What's going on, big dog? What's going on? And then you know what the good thing about this, man? I've been frustrated, DBP. My restream doesn't work with my Twitter. It hasn't been working with my Twitter, all my interviews and hmm. stuff. And now it is working today. So hey, oh, good. Ho. hey there you ho. go. Hey ho. <laughs> no, that's that's good. I, I hadn't even tried to tie it to Twitter yet for, for my stuff. So yeah, add that because it's hot. Yeah, that's good to know. Oh man. So we are back again. Been a been a couple of weeks since we ran. Um had to delay one show and then I was out on vacation this past week. So good to be back here. We got a little bit of Cowboys news developing earlier today. And yep. uh we're gonna talk a little bit of Mavs. Things are kind of quieting down a little on that front, but mm-hmm. there's always discussion and stuff. There's there's currently and certainly still needs for this team. So we'll get into all of that. But uh yeah. It's it's going to be a good one, I think, after a couple week layoff. Yes, sir. Well, we took the little week layoff because, first of all, I overslept on one of the episodes. So let me just come out and just not lie. I was knocked the hell out. DDP was hitting me up like, you good? What's up, dog? You all right? And then he was like, all right, then we just hit you next. We just try to go in there. I woke up like 12, like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, no. then my dog, you went out on a your your i call it mental health trip because that's what i would be calling it but to me before we talk any of these mavericks these cowboys i want you to tell me about that trip because that trip is dope and a lot of y'all people in these streets need to be doing these kind of trips because it helps you mentally yeah so uh i went to lake city colorado which is like little little last town in this uh up in the rocky mountains very uh very nice very scenic just a good way to get away and i try to do this trip usually i do it once a year it's usually in like january uh this year it ended up just kind of happening in july instead which was nice because uh, i got away from the like 105 106 7, 8, 9 <laughs> texas heat and got to go into like 63 in colorado like so nice <laughs> So, so nice. And it was just, uh, it was really good getting away, just kind of clear my head, refocus a little bit. I try to use that time to, to kind of outline my goals a little bit moving forward in this case of this year, kind of, uh, see where I think I'm on trajectory and, uh, move forward. I always feel refreshed mentally and, you know, with some good creative ideas coming back into the fold. So highly recommend it. It's something I started doing about three or four years ago. And I definitely feel like I've come back better every time on the heels of one of those trips. Yeah, man. Well, I, I'm, I haven't took one of those exactly just yet. I'm going to take one of those. It's going to be something like it. Cause on my birthday, we already talked about this. You know, I said yep, yep. to you, ain't no secret or nothing like that. But for my birthday, I'm going to Hawaii, me and Bootha, and we're going to Hawaii for a whole week. Probably try to hit 10 days, try to holler at my peoples out there. You know what I'm saying? Young Wilson, Kramer out there. We're trying to, you know, kick it. I haven't been to Hawaii in a very long time, almost 20 years. When I did go, it was kind of in and out when I used to fly with the airlines. So, mm-hmm. When I go this time, I ain't doing no work, well, nothing, no, no high school stuff, no, no cowboys, no nothing. And okay. I think that's, I think that's during the week the cowboys play somebody pretty good on my day after my birthday, the day before. But that's okay. I'm gonna be chilling, drinking my ties, doing whatever, and then I'm gonna come back full swing. But that definitely needs to happen for me. Dude, I'm I'm completely jealous of uh of that. I've never been to Hawaii. That's that's one of my bucket list things. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. You're going and getting like ten days there. That's awesome. So I will yeah, tell absolutely. you everything. You, DDP. you work 
you work real hard. You grind hard as anyone I know. So you absolutely need to take that time, especially if it's like a birthday trip, take that time just to kind of reset, refocus. And uh, all the stuff will still be here when you get back. Still good. Yes, sir. Let's yes, sir. Let's do it, man. Before we jump into maps or whatever, we gotta talk about this signing right quick because it is kind of it's I want to talk about it right quick because I'm not patting myself on the back, y'all. Cowboys Nation, everybody out there, Mavericks Nation. I ain't patting myself on the back. Yes, I am. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I was gonna say you absolutely I, should. I, I am definitely <laughs> gonna not, pat myself. I am patting myself on the back because I started talking about Anthony Barr in the end of December of 2021. I started talking yep. about him in the beginning of January, and I just threw it out there like I was throwing out some linebackers. I was like, what about Anthony Barr, y'all? What about him? Because, you know, he got some ties. Cowboys won them 2014 visit. What about him? And then we just had to wait five months until it finally happened, and I call it a shut-up signing uh, DDP because the Cowboys – front office to me they listen to the cowboys cry and after it gets too loud and they want mm -hmm. us to shut the hell up for a few months they hit us with a shut up signing now cowboy yeah. we gonna still keep talking but this will quiet down cowboys nation just a little bit because to me they added something that they needed i don't yeah. mind playing young players ddp i don't mind playing the young guys and getting the young players acclimated but you got to have that veteran because if a young guy goes down or somebody goes down and then you're relying on undrafted players or guys who ain't really seen the field in the NFL, mm -hmm. then it's going to be a problem and your defense will be compromised and it will suffer. Then the things that you want to do, you cannot do because now you're down a valuable piece and you're running with players that you're not familiar with and you don't have the confidence on. So now you start moving other pieces around and I feel like it compromises your defense. When you bring a player like Anthony Barr in, who's 30 years old, it's not like he's 35. He's got right. a few years left and they got him on a good deal. If you bring him in with the familiarity he already has with the defensive coordinator, he has the size, he still has the ability. I think he still has 77 tackles and, and he played like, I think, 12 games, three interceptions, had a two interception game. Um, I think he missed like eight tackles. He can work on that. But if you look at what he can add to the team, mm -hmm. he can cover. He can rush the passer, good tackler, and he's a veteran. And he, I feel like he can teach those young pups in there. And I feel like he gets stability in that linebacking core that the Cowboys need. You just heard about Jabril Cox have a little bit of a stinger in practice. He's yep. still coming back from that injury from last year. Damone Clark, who we love in the fifth round from LSU, his teammate, still has the neck injury. Jerry's saying he's coming back early, but I don't believe nothing what they say. So I can't invest in that. So to me, this was a good, very good signing for depth and accountability for the whole linebacking core as a whole. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, to get him at this point is really fortunate. I mean, he's, he's had some injuries, obviously only played a couple games last year. But uh, you got a guy that is certainly capable. Like you said, he's not he's not an older player. It's not bringing in uh, throwback to like Zach Thomas former dolphin bringing him in it's not it's not one of those situations like you're getting a still capable guy that can make your defense better health is a little bit of a concern but at this point it's such a no-brainer upgrade to me that anything else would have just felt reckless i think like if they hadn't done this and like you said it's a shut up signing like obviously the the other cowboy news and now it's like a day or so old but uh the the washington thing with the broken foot that's that led to all these conversations about oh sign a veteran wide receiver because now suddenly mm -hmm. cd lamb's like your only guy with touchdown catches in his career on your roster what are you gonna do right and uh 
in usual form, Jerry and Steven are basically giving differing answers on how they feel about that situation. And so it's just like, oh, okay, here you go. Slide of hand, Anthony Barr, shut up. We gave you mm-hmm. something. You were worried about is. defense, specifically linebacker. Here you go, Anthony Barr. Like, yeah, but it's like, I'm happy they did it. I'm not happy that I'm being given this and told to shut up, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it kind of feels like not, it almost feels like something they begrudgingly did. And it's like, no, 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 you should just do this. This should just right. be the obvious thing for you. This probably should have been done weeks ago. Right. I, I don't really understand only now doing it, um, especially with how long he's been floating out there. So I don't know. It's, it is what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to just be glad they upgraded, especially at a position of need. And uh, I'm going to hope for the best, but I don't, I don't know that it makes me feel any more confident in like their planning. Oh, I don't, it doesn't make me feel confident. It still lets me know. I totally agree with that last part of the statement that you were talking about when you said that it's for the, for the fans just to shut up. And it's almost like we're doing this because we want y'all to shut up and we address this. But like you said, this guy was out there for a long time. He was out there for a very long time. So it's almost like why have to wait to the very last minute to sign him when you could have already had him in there getting acclimated in the building, understanding the players, getting familiar with these guys, even in mini camp. It could it, it could have been cool. You just you're bonding. Um, but I will say better late than never in my aspect of that. Uh, but for real, though, I feel what you're saying is how, you know, they just do this stuff to kind of make people be quiet instead of proactively going after these players and saying, hey, we want this guy, this guy, this guy. We're going to identify these guys. We're going to go after them. We're going to get them. Mm-hmm. We're going to get we're going to do this draft. We're going to identify these players. We're going to hit this and then let's hit training camp. That's to me would get Cowboys fans excited when they see that bit of aggressiveness. You don't have to go out there and sign all these kind of crazy million dollar people. But you get some really good guys or you get maybe that one guy. And then when Cowboys Nation see that, we see, OK, yeah, they really trying to get over the top with this. They really trying. We don't still feel that way in Cowboys Nation, at least with me. I don't. But I will appreciate that. At least they did do this. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I mean, we've been, we've been saying this for weeks. And uh, I think it was Katie Drummond had a, a really good kind of point on it. Like the Cowboys aren't all in with this, like nothing they're doing. Like th- this was even like before the bar signing, like nothing they're doing signifies them being all in or them trying to, to do this. They're hoping that they can compete. They hope and think that they can compete, but there's, there's no way they're looking at this and saying like, we're going for it. So that's frustrating as a fan, but at the same time, it's like, Okay, they're never gonna they're never going to not that this is a position for that, but they're never going to go the other way and say, like, all right, let's just try to rebuild. The Cowboys would rather go eight and eight a hundred times in a row than ever go four and fifteen unless it was like twenty fifteen where it was just every injury to keep guys. So mm-hmm. this is just kind of the the nature of it. And it's like, all right, we're gonna make some moves that keep us competitive and competent, and that if everything gels together and the coaching staff gets the most out of them, which again we both like Quinn a lot and think that he has the ability to bring that out, particularly in uh, defensive guys, Mm -hmm. then, uh, then you have a shot. You can compete like they want to do, and maybe you can have something work, but yeah, you're just going to have to see it, man. Going to have to see the health stay there. Uh, The availability is going to be huge and what you can get out of him on the field. If you can get the, the flashes you saw from him before the guy in Minnesota, 
all right, hell yes, sign me up. But I, I need to see it for a little bit and to have it be consistent and available. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like I said, we'll see. I, you know, it's going to be the same thing with Stephen Jones. He's never going to change. Oh, I'm not going to say never because we've seen something change. I've seen um, Paul Brown, I believe, from the Bengals. He changed a little bit and I was out here in Ohio. So if he yeah. could change, I can think anybody can change. But right now, the way I see it in these years with Stephen Jones, this is the way it's going to be. And uh, only thing we can really hope, like you said, the coaching staff has to coach out of his mind. You can't have any injuries, no major injuries. And your player is going to have to play ridiculously crazy for the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl or get to one, in my humble opinion. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're going to have to have everybody playing out of their mind. And, you know, uh, that – do we want to stay on Cowboys for a second or do we want to jump to Mavs and then kind of ping pong back and forth here? How we want to, what do you, what do you ping, think? We, we can ping pong. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll come back to the, to the Cowboys thing here. One of the other things people are really talking about, we'll get into it. Uh, the Dak CD lamb connection, what the wide receiver situation looks like now without Washington and uh, what possible options there might be, but we can jump uh, into Mavs for just a second here. Let me swap. Uh, that's a, that's an official white boy sound effect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's, uh, let me update the caption down here. So with the Mavericks, uh, I've been thinking about some things here. Obviously nothing else has happened yet. They still haven't made any kind of substantial move or anything like that. We keep talking about like, oh, okay, they're lurking, looking for something to happen kind of in the trade department. It seems like there's still some big moves out there that haven't happened yet. Um, uh, obviously, you eventually did have Aiton signed somewhere and Phoenix immediately matched, which is hilarious because he wanted the hell out of there. And now instead, he's kind of held prisoner there and he's there for at least half the season. I think I think he's got to be there until at least January before they can trade him. Mm-hmm. So you got things like that. The Kyrie thing is still completely up in the air, but he's completely locked on L.A. And uh, Durant is, I mean, for what the Nets want in return for him it sounds like there's really nowhere that that's going to work. Like he doesn't have a no trade clause wherever they send him is where they send him. But it is one of those things where, you know, he's got, I think two or three years left on his deal. So he doesn't have a lot of leverage there unless he actually followed through and was willing to just say, no, you know what? I'm not playing unless he actually just sat out completely. He doesn't really have leverage. Um, because he's not in an expiring contract. He doesn't have one year left in a contract. He's literally on going into year two of a huge deal he signed with Brooklyn. So he's kind of locked in, and that sounds like that's not going to change the status of that anytime soon. I think Dallas is kind of in a weird spot now. I I read over the weekend uh, that they were involved in potential sign-and-trade options for Colin Sexton, and Cleveland basically was like, yeah. There's not really anything that you're willing to give up that we want. And that's that's kind of a weird thing, too, because he's floating out there like the season's about to start and he's still kind of uh, up in the air himself. And he's got, you know, health issues, too. But he's another guy that has a lot of ability. I think he would be uh, a very serviceable replacement for what Brunson brought to your team. But I don't know. My, I mean, what are, what are your feelings on uh, on Dallas at this point? Like, how are you feeling about like where this team's at? Do you think they need to make a move, or how do you feel about this current composition? 
Um, I, I, I mean, I still feel like they need some type of a guard that can, you know, uh, uh, another guard, maybe another scoring forward. I told you I like I like uh, Gallinari. Dallas couldn't get him. I still mm-hmm. like them. I still feel like yeah, they he went to Boston. They, yeah, they need some some type of a, a a forward like that that can kind of score. I know we I know we got Finley. I know we got those guys, but I, I feel like I need another six eight six nine guy that can score. Or are we talking about you know maybe a two guard a combo guard uh, yeah. that would be out there that you can add that somebody who can play the point play the two uh we we still talk about how we still miss seth curry to this day that was just a sad day even when you think of it now he could be willing yeah. if you think about it steph curry was on the team this would be awesome but steph you know curry, somebody yes. like seth curry yeah, would also yeah, be yeah, awesome. yeah <laughs> no not, not i wasn't saying yeah, steph. Yeah, yeah, seth, yeah, yeah, yeah. seth seth yeah. curry so if i mean if we never got rid of seth that i would still be like an, I, I i need a combo guard kind of like a like that you know mm-hmm. how we got the J, uh, we we got the draft pick, but he's not ready. But you want yeah. somebody like that with that ability, but just with some more veteran years to him. So that's what I would really look at. Um, am I am I happy? Am I satisfied? I am. I'm I'm happy that they went out and got Christian Wood. They 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 were proactive with that. They went out and got Javale McGee. I don't like how they want to start him, but I, I mm-hmm. hear what they're saying. Um, so in that aspect, right after the seasons were over, it looked like they were attacking, but then they did some odd things, you know, with the Brunson thing that was yeah. that was odd. And then they they let go. They didn't re- they didn't sign the kid from the um, oh, summer Lawson. league. Yeah, yeah, AJ. Lawson. Yes, and man, the dude was turning up. Give yep. him a contract. We need the young athletic players. He was there for the take, and then Minnesota goes and scoops him and don't let him end up playing good with Minnesota. You feel me? So yeah. those kind Minnesota's, of things. Minnesota's got a real nice young you core. You feel too. me? They got a nice young core, and then they add somebody like that. Those kind of things were head scratchers. That those kind of things bother me. So I guess right now, DDP with my Mavs, I'm going to say I'm in the middle. I'm teetering. I feel good because they went to them Westwood Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they added enough to really mm, say we took them to the next level to get them to the finals and beyond. Yeah, I mean, the the way I look at it is they kicked off the offseason with like the highest note you could, right? The I mean, we talked about before, not just getting Christian Wood, but what they gave up to get him is such a slam dunk for them because they were so locked on Hardy, they were going to take Hardy at 26 if they didn't make the move. And they got him at 37 in addition to getting Wood and jettisoning like all of their bad contracts. That's a phenomenal stroke of genius by Nico Harrison and company. And the thing with the roster now is you kind of look at it and you're like, all right, I keep telling people this Hardy is going to be a little bit of a project. He's a little raw. He's going to need some time. You're not going to drop him in there and get 12, 15 minutes a night out of him or anything like that. I'm not going to say he's going to be like Josh Green's rookie year under Rick Carlisle or basically any rookie under Rick Carlisle, this side of Luka Doncic, but you're going to have something where you have to, really uh, curtail those expectations for Hardy. It's going to take some time. And in the midst of that, they're going to have to kind of figure out what they're missing because we didn't really talk about Jalen Brunson as like a tried and true number two guy until the playoffs. Like we were still going into the postseason saying like, yeah, Brunson's there and, you know, he's kind of the number two guy, but like Dinwiddie's kind of like 2B, you know, or 2A, however you want to say that. And then the postseason run happens. Brunson averages 21, drops 40 in a game, drops 30 multiple times. And we go, 
oh, damn. Okay, he's a number two. All right, fine. I'm buying into this. He's a legit number two. Oh, okay. He's gone. Uh, he's gone to New York. All right. And uh, the league is opening up a tampering investigation. That's what I was just about. I was just about to ask. I, that was the next thing I was coming to yep. attack you with. What do you feel about that? Give me your thoughts. Don't, don't do shit for the Mavericks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. straight up. Does yeah, right. Don't do nothing because it ain't like they're not sending them back. No, 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 no. And, I, and I've said this before. Like the only way the league, like I get it. It's impossible, especially in this Brunson situation, impossible to police tampering like fully. Players are going to talk. And in Brunson's case, of course, family is going to talk. But it's still a situation where I think the only way you can kind of curtail some of the tampering is it's not enough to to do like in the case of when Milwaukee, I'm trying to remember who it was they signed. It might have been might have been Brogdon. They they completed some deal uh last offseason and the deal got vetoed because of tampering. And uh, in addition to that, there was, I think, draft picks or something, a couple of draft picks, like second rounders, nothing huge. But although the NBA is only two rounds, second round doesn't usually do much. Not a lot of guys come out of the second round and end up being huge stars. But yeah, they that doesn't do anything for the team that was tampered with, who had their player tampered with. Right. And so I've said for a while, I think the only way that you really curtail that is if you don't just take the pick away from the one team give that pick to the team whose player was tampered with. Right. So now you would look at this in the Mavericks case and you're like, okay, cool. You lost your second best player on a team trying to compete and win a title and you got a second rounder out of it. Like who cares? I get it. I'm not saying it's a eye for an eye necessarily, but it is something that gives you something. Cause right now, what is it like the moral principle for the Mavericks? Like, ha ha. See the league agrees. It was tampering. Right. All right, we ain't back getting them back. Who day. cares? Right. Yeah. Who cares yeah. if he ain't getting the player back? Right. And so it's like, yeah, you can you can slap the Knicks with a fine, but they don't they don't care. They're just desperate to build anything right now. Right, like, right, right. They'll they'll gladly pay that fee to get Brunson. And even if it costs them a second round pick, who cares? They suck at drafting. Like to them, this is this is a one up. And I told you about their draft capital before. They're right. loaded with first round picks. Even right. if you took one or two of their first round picks, they got seven more at that point in the next right. like four years. They're good. So, yeah, it's I'm I'm indifferent on the tampering thing. Like it's acknowledgement, but like that that's not worth a whole lot in the grand scheme. So like I look at this Mavericks team and I say like, all right, from a scoring standpoint, you brought in Dinwiddie. He had 23 regular season games in Dallas and in about 17 or 18 of those games, he was fantastic for you. Him, health permitting, because he's had those issues, uh, and Christian Wood, that's going to make up your scoring loss from Brunson, straight up. That will that will take care of it pound for pound. Not a problem there. My question is, Dallas really kind of found its stride with that small ball lineup, having two creators on the floor. By the way, we screamed for that. I screamed for that for years that they had to get someone else that could handle the ball and run the offense and not just put everything on Luca. Not only did they finally do that this year, they, they introduced lineups with a third guy that could do it. And guess what? It was nearly unguardable until you got to the Western conference finals. Imagine that it, it's like, <laughs> it's confirmation of what you scream about for like three years. And it's like, see, I told you like, what, what are you doing? But I think uh, from a scoring standpoint, yeah, they'll they'll be able to replicate that. But I worry a little bit about uh, Brunson 
I would take Brunson over Dinwiddie um, if you know given the choice. Um, I think Dinwiddie's highs probably are a little bit higher, but I think Brunson's a much more consistent, steady force. And I think Dinwiddie can get a little bit more tunnel vision than Brunson. I think Brunson's a little more selfless uh, in that respect. But it is what it is. You've got two creators still, but if you're if you're going to run Dinwiddie in the starting lineup, I, I kind of wonder at that point, like, all right, what are we looking at uh, off the bench for a secondary creator? Like, now that's kind of missing. I, I know that uh, Wood can do some things a little differently himself, but it's not really, it's not really the same as like what you lost out on. So I think they need to do something, but I don't think they're going to do it before the season starts at this point, barring like a slam dunk situation falling into their lap. I think they're probably going to let this team ride for a little bit, let the coaching staff work and kind of figure some things out. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, this, this kind of tiptoes into my next Mavericks segment I think they're going to have a little bit of a slow start, slower start than people give consideration for this year. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah. I, I think they're, you know, like NBA power rankings right now. And I always say this in general, who cares about power rankings? They're all subjective. They're all just uh, getting attention anyway, because there's always one or two things on there that just don't make sense anyway. Um, but they, they have the Mavericks rated like eighth, I think right now. And I think with the adjustments they've made, the roster overhaul they've had, you know, last year was that was still the Carlisle roster. That was still the Carlisle Donnie Nelson conglomeration of a roster that had basically been largely the same for several years. And now you actually have the Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison built team. And what did we get with a lot of those kid guys? We got guys from his L.A. tenure. You know, JaVale McGee, we got uh, another one of those assistants that replace um, Koskov. Kokoskov. I said I put a G in there the first time. That's not right. Uh, Igor, let's just say Igor. So I don't I don't mess this up any worse. But uh, yeah, you lost him. And so you, you go and you pluck an assistant that kid worked with in L.A. and put him on the staff. And you just see this kind of more traditionally built team, whereas last year, they went on this incomp like this in incredible run. But the whole time to me, it felt like it was you had the generational talent, but like schematically, it felt like it was kind of held together with duct tape and chewing gum. Like we talked about this as early as the Utah series, the way they were winning games, they were basically, you know, conceding like, OK, we're going to get killed in the paint. We're going to get killed in rebounds. Uh, and we're going to, there was a third one on that, whatever points and rebounds, points in the paint and rebounds. We'll just say for now, we're going to give those up and we're going to lose those by like 1920 every game. But the trade-off is we're going to run them off the three point line, which is what they love. Everything for them is at the rim or the three. We're going to furiously run them off the line and we're going to make them work in the mid range, which is not their bread and butter. They basically played like the ultimate game of chicken. And it worked because they their own shooting got going. They weren't a great three-point shooting team in the regular season, but they caught fire in the postseason. And the the adjustments they made, the concessions they willingly made, playing this just huge risk, worked out. And then it worked to perfection against Phoenix. The adjustments they made after the first couple of games, to perfection. But like in every case, they were taking extremely high calculated risks and it was working in their favor. It really wasn't until the Golden State series that those things just stopped working for them. 
And even then, if they had actually held on to that big lead in game two and stolen one on the road, I think that's a different series. But still, it's a uh, they they weren't a traditionally built team last year. They were a team that reached its absolute ceiling, I think, for what that roster could have conceivably done. And now they've remade it, and it's a little more traditional. Uh, in the sense that now you've got JaVale McGee, you, you, your front court was extremely weak before. Um, and now with Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, you've certainly added some real length athleticism uh, and scoring punch there more so obviously in the Wood camp there. But you've made those huge improvements and it's not going to have the same style of play. You're not going to see the same style of small ball, even with Wood's ability to stretch the floor. That being the case... I think you're basically set up for a situation where it's going to be a little bit of a less sexy looking team in the regular season. They'll still be able to generate their high quality looks. Uh, for instance, last season, the three of the top five. Now, these are the guys who had the highest percentage of wide open three point looks. So like of their of their how they converted basically their wide open looks. Three of the top five were Dallas Mavericks. It was Maxi, it was Bullock and it was Dorian Finney Smith you're going to generate those looks maybe with Igor gone, the offense looks a little different and some of the parts, it looks a little different, but I think this is going to be a team that even if it's not quite as dynamic, maybe as sexy in the regular season, I think it's still going to be a more complete, better built team in the postseason, And that's where it matters. I think that's kind of the next step of this evolution that now like, okay, we've, we've got this good faith. Now you're going to have to kind of trust us that we're, that we know what we're doing. We're putting this together because this is more traditionally the kind of team that works in these situations with, with Woods skill set, It's not like you're going a traditional two post lineup that <laughs> we're not going that old school, but it, it is, I think going to be a fairly drastically different looking uh, offense than we saw last year for sure. Sorry. I ranted the fuck out of that segment. <laughs> you sure did. I just let you go ahead and go on. I was on thing. vacation, man. I was all pent up. Hey, I, I let you get it all out. The only thing I'm going to just bounce off with that is this. They lost Brunson, but they brought people in. They brought Wood in, and they brought McGee in. So they obviously upgraded the front court, which that was a big need. The biggest thing that Dallas needs to happen right now is Dinwiddie. I think he's the key. He's the major key to me because, I, I mean, I saw the video. Where he was out there working with Kevin Durant, going hard with him. He's showing a lot of videos where he's showing that he's in the lab. If he can really come and play and be consistent the way they want, that's going to be huge, and I think it'll weather things. But I will agree with you. I don't think the Mavericks uh, coming off that Western Conference finals, you know, they're feeling good about that. I don't feel like they're going to come out with a 10 and 0, 11 and 0, 12 and 0, like falling. No, I think they're going to probably come out like 5 and 12, 5 and 8. It might be something like that because they got to figure the way out. They're going to have to figure each other out. They're going to figure how they're playing together. And then I think toward the midseason and then kind of the way it's, I think it's going to happen the same way it did last year. Kind of start once they start gelling, start catching fire, then you'll see it start happening more toward the end of the season. It'll be steady, but it'll be when they feel like where they really start gelling toward the end of the season. But I believe in the beginning of the season, it's going to be some some headaches and it's going to be yeah. some 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 heartaches and some frustrations. Uh, but uh, they got Luca, and that's the biggest thing. When you got a star like that, it, you can figure it out. But I feel like Dinwiddie is really a key. If he can come in and play like gangbusters and really step his game up and uh, gel with Luca the way you want, um, mm -hmm. I think the Mavs will be all right. 
Yeah, I, I think so in the long run too. And I, and I think they're going to give their team a little bit, bit of time to kind of figure out these, this new scheme, just like last year was a really slow start. In fact, most several, the past several years have been slower starts, whether it's Luca getting in shape, uh, which if you see his latest stuff right now, he's slimmer than I've ever seen him in his NBA career. Um, but it always seems to be that way when he's in Europe and then he comes over here and goes back to eating Whataburger and balloons up. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, whether it's whatever the case, uh, they've had slow starts and it usually once they overcome those first like 20 games, they're good. But I think they'll, they'll give their team and staff a little time to kind of adjust and figure things out. And then they'll keep their options open and see what comes about. I, I definitely think there is another move coming. I just before I would have said I thought it was going to happen before the season. Now I'm thinking it's probably a deadline move. I think they're going to really evaluate this team, and I think they're going to be generally pleased with what they see, but I, I don't think they have everything they need. I'd still, as good as Wood can be, I don't think he's your number two, not your true number two. I, I think he's, uh, I mean, they're bringing him off the bench for a reason um, in that case, not just for the scoring punch off the bench, but I, I think he can bring a lot to the table for you but it's still something where you need to get uh, a number two option, particularly I think a, a score a three and D yes. I, I think a three and D type guy, like honestly, I would be more eager to replace that to give more relief for Dorian and Bullock. So they're not playing 40, 45 minutes a game each in the playoffs, as opposed to getting a call in Sexton Sexton would yes, pound for pound replace Brunson, but I don't think that's as big of a need as a more depth in the three and D department. Yeah, well, we will. Like I said, we're going to see. Um, it, it's going to be a process. You know, Jason Kidd, I love how he came in. And, and you know, like I said, I'm going to keep on saying I, I liked him as a player. I loved him as a player. I liked him as a coach. I know the reputation he was having out in them streets. Uh, but when the Mavericks brought him in and hired him, I was excited about it. And it proved what I felt in my heart right. I felt like he would really get this team together. And it happened. I think the team just has to continue to believe in him and his philosophy and let him kind of let him kind of do his thing with it. And let's roll with it because uh, right now, you saw uh, what happened in the first year, uh, but let's not rest on that. Let's not say, okay, we got to the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. we made it. No, let's not get that mentality. Let's not rest and feel like we're there and they made it because uh, that's where you fall right back off and you'll have that one great year and the next thing you know, you'll be right back in the, the frustrating meddling middle part uh, yeah. and, and, and never once. So you got to continue to, like you said, we want to continue to get better because the roster is not set as far as if you want to compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. Ooh, had some bite to that drink. <laughs> nice. I, I took a little bit more of a gulp on that and caught myself mm-hmm. by surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, All right. So uh, let's, uh, let's roll back with some, some more Cowboys talk here. All righty. All righty. All right. Cowboys. Everybody been there talking about Will Fuller. Let's talk about these receivers right quick. You know, James yeah, Washington, yeah, yeah. he's out. He he got hurt. You know, I've been talking about it. See, uh, Stephen Jones, I don't know if you listen to me. Baby Nuts, I don't know if you listen to me. Jerry, I don't know if any of y'all listen to me. But, hey, I've been screaming. These are the two positions I've been screaming for a very long time, DDP. Receiver and linebacker. Depth. Those are the two things I've been screaming for a long time. First, James Washington, I kept on saying, no, nah, I don't want to throw anything in the air because I don't want to throw any voodoo hexes on CD or anything like that because he's playing crazy. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have a crazy year. I said he's going to have a crazy year. A lot of people believe he's going to have a crazy year. Look, he just looks good. And, you know, we talked about year three is that year. So we understand. 
but CD Lamb also missed a few games last year, okay, mm-hmm. with the concussion. So yep. if that were the case, and you already lost James Washington, who I wasn't never jumping up and down for, okay, but mm-hmm. I wasn't hating. I wasn't never jumping up and down for him because he ain't never did nothing. I, I can't actually believe we were relying on him, James yeah. Washington. <laughs> but he goes down, and we love Tober DDP. We love him. Yeah. But I pointed out yesterday, and I'm going to bring this up again, DDP. This is what I pointed out yesterday on the final word. Now, I want to tell you this as well. While everybody's excited about these young receivers, that's all good. That's all good. But I wanted to say this one, one more time. Brandon Smith, Dontario Drummond, Jaquari Robinson, Ty Frogel, Fly Fry Fogel, Dennis Houston, who everybody's in love with. Remember, folks, he played at Western Illinois. I'm not hating, but he played at Western Illinois. Kevante yeah. Turpin, um, TJ Vasher, every one of those receivers are undrafted. And yep. Noah was a seventh round pick. Simi yep. Fehoko, fifth round pick. Now, I ain't saying the draft is who you are. But what I am saying, yeah, when people get drafted for number one and undrafted for a reason. So I can't reasonably be excited and say confident going into the season, knowing if your dog, CeeDee Lamb, misses a few games, if it happens, that you're rolling with a rookie and who? Simi Fehoko, TJ Vasher, yeah. Noah Brown, uh, yeah. Dennis Houston? Really? Is that what we're going to say that you're going to be confident and And even if C.D. Lamb is playing and he hasn't seen that number one role, now let's look at this, DDP. You got him at the number one role, right? He's never really Mm -hmm. been in it. So you know these defenses are going to be rolling their coverages now towards C.D. Lamb and making it Yeah, why wouldn't they? What else is there? Right. So they're going to say, we're going to shut down C.D. Lamb like they used to say. We're going to shut down Des Bryant and you make everybody else beat us. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's a smart way to go because if you look on the other side and these other guys ain't seen this NFL like that, what is for us to believe that they're going to come in and turn up and go crazy in the regular season? I'm sorry. I just can't believe that, DDP. It's almost like you're saying it's better to have two all-pro wide receivers and a talented crop (laughs) of receivers behind them, capable receivers behind them, than it is to have one all-pro and a bunch of undrafted guys that haven't done it necessarily at the at the highest level. Is that is that what I'm gathering here? Yeah, that's what you're yeah. gathering. Okay. And, okay. And, and and also yeah, I guess that's this, reasonable. And, yeah. and also, just what you were talking about with Anthony Barr, they're doing the same thing with this receivers. Let's sit mm-hmm. back and let's just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then when it's all something happens, then okay, let's go get let's go get somebody. But the well is dried in. Okay. You want to get these guys a little bit early. When they're, nobody's touching these guys, there's a reason. If nobody in the NFL is touching these guys, there's probably a reason, right? Yep. They're probably not going to probably improve your team or help your team that much. That's why people are not touching them for a reason. So Dallas, once again, they live off that we're okay with these young guys, but then something happens, you get smacked in the face, and you waited too long. Now mm-hmm. there ain't really nobody that's going to come in and really help the team while your guys are out. And that's the issue because you're putting all that stress on the offense and the Dak Prescotts and the other guys of the world. And now we're talking about a Dalton Schultz probably being a top target. That's great in the eyes of, yeah, you got a security blanket, but yeah. Dalton Schultz ain't never, ever going past 19 yards on catches. 
He's doing yeah. short catches. So is that what we're going to have a little short offense and not going to be explosive? Because right now with this receiving core right now, uh, uh, DDP, it ain't explosive without CD Lamb. No, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, that that sounds. It sets up like Dalton Schultz is going to have a hundred catch year, and it's all going to be like short to maybe a little bit of you know that middle that middle depth. Not not ideal. <laughs> like it's great if he's able to have a big year and get paid a bunch of money this next year because it won't be here. But it it's not going to be something that that helps your team in this grand scheme. Like. I don't like how they've handled the depth with the wide receivers. Like I get the idea of like, Hey, we like our, we like our guys. Uh, we like these young guys we have coming up and everything. There's a difference between putting all of your eggs in one basket and kind of managing things. Like I get it. Like Cedric Wilson, the deal he got to go to Miami. Like, yeah, of course you're not gonna, well, it was Miami, right? Yeah. 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 For some reason I just blipped. I was like, wait, was that Jacksonville, Florida team, Miami? <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you're not gonna pay Cedric Wilson that kind of money. You're just not. And, uh, you know, with, with some of these other things, I, I guess it, I, I'm tired of harping away on this, but like, it's not just that they let Amari Cooper go, that not just they let him go, they, that they traded him. It's how badly they mismanaged and misread the market. Because look at what any other premier receiver was getting in return, like what teams were getting in return for their guys this offseason like and what the the market looked like with receiver contract extensions and things like that like there there's no reason it had to be something where it was just like you've said this before like it was almost just like a person it was thing. personal yes. it was personal like that's, that's what all it has this to boil was. down to because there's no way there's no way you look at that and say okay like you don't deal amari if you're not certain you can at least bring back cedric wilson if you had cd and cedric wilson right now you're like Okay, CD Cedric in Washington. All right. Okay, like it's it's not great, but like that's okay. But you felt better because but, of what Cedric Wilson did last yes. year. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because we have for saying Cedric Cedric Wilson because a lot of us felt Cedric Wilson could be a player, but he just kept getting injured because you saw the potential his first year. Mm -hmm. So. Kind of like LaRon Robinson's one right. huge year with Dallas right. and then went back to obscurity in Jacksonville. There right. you go. I finally got a Jacksonville reference. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I don't know what Cedric Wilson is really going to do in Miami because of the core. I think he's not going to turn up over there. And it's not because he's not going to be a good player. But here's the thing. I understand why players want to get paid. And, and you know, sure. I ain't going to stay here in Dallas if I can go get three, four, five more million or 20, 10 more million dollars guaranteed in my contract. That's the smart thing to do. But these players also got to realize that you go over there like Byron Jones. We ain't heard about Byron Jones no more. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You may go over there and you'll never hear about Cedric and he, Wilson again. And he's still again. been pretty productive for the and most he's, part. And, he, and he's been yeah. productive. But Cedric Wilson, he may not go over there and turn up like he did in um, Dallas because him and Tua probably ain't going to have that relationship that him and Dak did. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why it was so good because of that that bond they had. So that's why you wanted to see a Cedric Wilson. But I knew toward the middle of the season when Cedric Wilson was getting those passes and getting dynamic, yep. first thing I was saying was, bye, Cedric Wilson, see ya. We ain't seeing you no more. Later, uh, yeah. you done priced yourself out of Dallas because you keep catching the ball and making these catches. Dallas ain't signing you. You know Selfish what I mean? bastard. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You should not try to get them catches and not <laughs> make no money and stay with Dallas. 
Yeah. But that's what it is. You would have felt better if Cedric Wilson was there. But these guys they have right here, and I'm sorry, I hear a lot of people in the chat. I've seen the highlights. I've seen, you know, talked to Law with the training camp and Dennis Houston. That's mm -hmm. great. Uh, that's great. 6-2, great release. But this is practice with the Cowboys. We're talking just about like, practice. We're talking about practice and DDP. These guys aren't playing with Dak all the time. No. They're playing with the Will Greer and, and the Cooper Rushes. They're not playing with them first-team guys all the time. So how do we think they're going to suddenly make this leap in practice? And you're going to go, nah, I'm sorry. I just can't believe this. And I feel like they got to go out and get somebody. They made the mistake. They waited too long. I heard that they didn't even make an offer to Jarvis Landry. And yep. he signed $3 million over at New Orleans. I don't care what people say. Oh, he took a hometown discount. Mm -hmm. Dallas didn't even reach out. So we yeah. couldn't even say he had the time to take a hometown discount where Dallas didn't even bother to even talk to him. That's a travesty because a guy like uh, Jarvis Landry could really help the team right now oh, because yeah. he's yeah, a I vet. Love you feel me? Vet, he, he's got an attitude. He's a great route runner. He's mm -hmm. physical. He's going to block, and he's going to teach these young guys how to learn the game of football in the NFL. That's yep. what you want, and it's going to get everybody time to get acclimated. You don't want to throw Tolbert all that fire right now. Let a, right. Uh, uh, a veteran eat that up and slowly bring him along. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. the same way you just had that rant with your Mavericks, I just had a rant with these receivers. All good, man. <laughs> All good. Yeah, and uh, you know, I saw someone earlier bring up like as another option in the passing game, like Pollard finally getting showcased. Oh no, no, it's not going to happen. It's yeah, I don't, I don't see. Maybe it happens a little more than last year, but like I don't, I still don't see him being properly utilized. And, you know, I think it's going to be another situation, too, where the, he's not going to get a new deal in Dallas. I, I don't foresee that at all. Stephen Jones asked about it. Um, was I think it was today uh, was literally already hinting at like, well, you know, you got to make some some tough decisions. And, you know, all that. obviously we want to have him back. And I'm just already preparing. For, <laughs> I, I'm just already preparing. Line. Yeah, I'm already preparing for the idea of like when he's talking about like, oh, we got to deal with this cd extension or the the micah parsons or whatever and it's just like first of all i i just want to be reassured they're not gonna they're not gonna do cd like they did amari because they deserve nothing if they do that to cd as well when it comes time for him to get paid like that but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past you know, it i mean God, you dude, already hear, i, I will you burn this franchise down <laughs> you already hear it why why wouldn't it be happening you yeah. already hear it. You already see it. Well, he already mentioned the cap with Tony Pollard. He can never mention a player being signed right. without ever mentioning the cap. And it's, how much pie there right. is. Right. And it's just, it's maddening. We all get it, Steve. That's my Every, that's my resentment for the Zeke thing, like more than anything. Like I, I know you, the other day you were mentioning like kind of tired of the Zeke cake. I, I, I get it. I also just look at it and I'm like, even if we're not talking about just the on-field product at this point, I'm just That's their frustrated. fault, though, DDP. I, no, 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 I'm not putting it on Zeke. I'm saying, like, I'm frustrated they gave him the deal. I never right. wanted them to give the deal. I literally mm -hmm. was two years before he got the deal hearing the first things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't give Zeke another deal. Like, he's he's a good player, but, like, I don't want to tie up a bunch of money like that in my in my running back. And that's that's kind of where it is now, where it's like, okay, well, so what are you paying him? Like, $17 million, something like that? He didn't reset the market. Like in the in the couple of years since he got his deal, like the market has not kept track with like 
what his did. It's not it's not like it's exploded like the receiver market. So he's still it, high pay, uh, one of the highest paid running yeah. backs because they're regular now and nobody's going to throw that money to him like that. And he's but not the, the dynamic weapon he once right. was. So it's a bad combination. So when you're going to look at the Pollard thing and be like, oh, well, you know, caps, cap allotment and what we already have tied up in running back. That's your fault. That's your right. fault. That like is your you, fault. You did that, and then you're going to justify like letting these other guys go, or you're going to point to these other things, and it's just like, yeah, you, you're shooting yourself twice. Essentially, is what you're doing. That's that's my frustration with how they're how they're managing certain things with that. Well, and you know the frustrating part with the whole thing with that is too is it's about who they like, mm -hmm. okay? Because Ezekiel Elliott and it was Ezekiel Elliott bringing them money. Yes, he was still bringing oh, yeah. them money at that period of time. So they're thinking. We can't afford not to lose this money, and everybody still loves Zeke. So this is still going to bring us a lot of money in. So let's look at it. I, 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 that's how I feel like they talk, man. They ain't just talking no daggone football all the time. They're talking money. They're talking money a lot more times to me than football. Is this yep. going to continue to bring us money? Is this to continue to make us money? Then if that's the case, then we'll go ahead and eat that and do that. And like I said with Amari Cooper, I just don't understand. I, I ain't even trying to beat the, the drum. You know, he went down with an injury in Cleveland. Police. Like, see, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't care about that. That's not the point. The point is you have, well, as soon as Coop caught the ball, I think Boss was talking about this, Boss Cowboy, shout out to him, that whenever somebody, he caught the ball, Coop, you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. had the whole stadium, as much as people talk trash about him, when Coop got the ball and was turning up, we loved it. You could have kept him. And when you're talking about, making your team go to the next level right ddp if you're talking about aspirations for the super bowl right mm -hmm. if you lost with the way you lost this past season i think we've talked about this if you lost the way you lost this past season why on earth would you not say let's re-up these guys because we were dogs with them let's yep. re-up get this draft going and let's go hard and maybe get a player maybe one or two we could still get those little but if you would have kept the Cooper, you would have said, okay, we lost that one, but we're riding, we're mounting all these guys back up. Mm -hmm. We're putting the thing right back together and we're going to go hard right again. But what'd you do? Now nah, go ahead and walk. Now nah, you was tripping off, off the vaccination and not getting that. And so we're going to yeah. go ahead and let you go. And no, nope, you cost too much. And no, nope. to me, that's just saying, how was that saying when you lost those players that you're going to get over the hump now when the guys you brought in aren't those type of guys that you lost as a collaborative talent whole. Yeah. No, I feel crazy because uh, I'm quoting Al Davis here. J just win, baby. Like, if you're just trying to win, you're not you're not letting your personal feelings like that get caught up. You're not frustrated by by the wh whole situation uh, with Coop and the vaccine thing. Uh, I, I know that was a very unfortunately time thing, and that hurt them at one point in the season. I get that. But you're not putting that frustration ahead of the team's ultimate aspirations and you're not frustrated that like oh well he was kind of calling out the offense a couple different weeks in the media and shows shows him like the first time he did it and then we immediately did what he said he had a big game and we won <laughs> like it it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's like make it make sense if it was just yeah. about winning you're not putting your ego and your pride ahead of this you're looking at this in an objective way and if you're going to if you're going to say he's not worth 20 million dollars, which especially in this receiver market, to me, that's just laughable. But it's like, OK, if you're going to say that you have to be willing to spend that money elsewhere, 
you can't say he's not worth $20 million, but we're not really going to invest in anything else. Don't worry about it. We got to think long-term. We got to think about CD and we got to think about Micah and uh, Diggs possibly like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like if, if you're letting this guy go, I mean like shit, we talk about like, you should be hungry after what happened last season. The Rams won a damn title and they loaded up more. They doubled down. They're like, you know what? Right. F it. I'm greedy. I want right. more. We, we, we want it again. So guess what? We're going to go get this, this, yes. and this, and we'll just take our chances. That's the yeah. thing. That's what they're saying. We're going to go do this. And, and Stephen Jones, he keeps mentioning the Rams. Oh, I'm sure our Cowboys fans want us to be like the Rams and do it like this. But, we, you know, we, we don't think we're going to do it that way. We're going to do it this way. Basically, we're saying we're going to do it our way, the slow way, because we don't have nobody pressuring us. We're going to run this the way we do. We're going to build our team through the young players, and we're going to just see what happens. And if it doesn't work, we got young guys, and we can try it again next year because the whole team is young. We don't got bad contracts because everybody's yep. cheap. And let's try it again. That's what, to me, Stephen Jones is saying to us Cowboys fans is I don't want to spend no money on nobody. I want to keep it young as hell because if I can keep this team young, I don't got to spend no money. And we ain't got to worry about being in trouble. But you keep on compromising your team by staying the cheap way because guess what? When you're trying to get good things at a store, right, DDP? When you go to a store and you shop, Right. I know you can find some things that don't cost a lot of money, but when you're trying to get the good stuff, the good stuff, what is it? What is it? What is it? It costs DDP when you want to get the finer things, when you want to get a BMW, there's a difference between a BMW and a Honda. There's a difference between those type of cars because that when you're paying that sticker price, you expect what you're going to get back and you're going to get that back. When you get the, the low-end car, you expect there's going to be some problems, some stuff wrong with the hood, the tire, the stain's going to be bad because of what you pay for. You get what you pay for. So if you're not paying a lot for these guys, you got to understand you're not going to get championship-type runs every single year because of who you're picking in free agency and who you are drafting. Draft is great. The drafts have been very good, but mm -hmm. they've been kind of top-heavy because once they get in that fourth and fifth round, a lot of these guys are cut or not playing. Yeah. No, it's uh, it all, to, to reference another sports bite that was played into oblivion, uh, Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. Hello? like you, you play to win like you don't you don't do this where you start trying to play 40 chess and you start uh, letting these premier guys go because you're have your personal feelings about it or whatever like their focus is not where it needs to be it's it's very much like they think they are the smartest guys in the room they think they know how to go about it and I I just don't think that to them winning is the premier thing it, it's the spotlight it's the attention it's the marketing mm -hmm. that's that's it that's what the focus is and you know even if they do string something together and finally get one they're gonna hold on to that one as if it validates everything that's what that's what frustrates me as well is like if they get number six they're gonna act like they were going about it the right way at mm -hmm. least the last several years if not the last quarter century <laughs> they're gonna act like they knew it all along and their approach was right you just had to be patient like no 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 you've had so many cycles you've wasted you know basically hall of fame careers uh along the way and this is where you got like the it's it's frustrating like i i just wish they would just go for it one time i get with what the rams are doing right now it would be really hard 
to try and do it right now, not just because of the names the Rams added, but like the talent of that, like the the conference was so wide open. I felt like last year, that's that's another reason I still can't get over it. Um, but I, I just don't I don't think it's uh, in easy waters right now to deal with. And I think that's making them perhaps a little gun shy when they should still be trying to press. They should have been trying to press and saying like, all right, we might not have as much, but we were comparable with what we had last year. We're comparable. And if we can be aggressive, maybe that plus, you know, things kind of working right. Being that hot team works for you. Like that's, that's what I want them to try and do, but they're not they're, They'd say like, eh, we'd rather just kind of play at middle road we're going to get the money. We're going to get the the attendance and the fan engagement and everything that we want. We don't really have any punishment for not delivering. It's been a quarter century. If, if anything else, we've gotten somehow more popular than we were. It, it's there. There's no incentive, really. No, nothing of consequence, at least. There is no incentive. And that's why he's fooling a lot of Cowboys people. And, you know, Cowboys fans get frustrated with me. But you know what? I don't really care. Um, you know, that's the real in my in my eyes um, because I'm going by the history of it um, when people say oh no they do care about winning it's number one I don't see that money is number one making money is number one in their eyes and yep. like and, and being competitive and as long as they feel like they're competitive they have a chance and so they want to keep it that way um, and if they like you said if they do fail there ain't no pressure on them uh, first thing I always hear Stephen Jones saying when he relates to the fans is, "Oh yeah, we want the pay. We need the fans to be patient. We are. We understand. We are. They all want. We want everybody to go through free agency and get this and get that. But you know, you just can wreck your team like that with the cap, and the cap is real, and and those things are real. So you just can't go about it like that. And we we don't we don't like that philosophy. We like the philosophy of you know we're gonna do it this way. And like you said, DDP, they want to be the smartest people in the room. If they were in the title, which I don't think they will." If they win a title under Stephen Jones the way he's doing it, he's the first one that's going to jump up in there. See? Yeah, we told y'all. We told y'all we wanted to do it like this. And they want to show that they're the model DDP. That's what it is. They want to jump out there and see. We told you we're doing this model, and now we want y'all to copycat. I'm telling you, dog, it's ego. It's all that. It's just it's just a, a nasty mess. And you undercut your yep. coaches. You undercut you, – you, and when one one last thing I want to say on this because I know we got to get off here uh, here in a minute. Um, the biggest thing I want to say about this is when Stephen Jones they asked him a, a question about the play calling and things of that nature. He says, "You know, we don't we don't dabble in that. We don't we don't mess with that. That we leave the coaches alone. We let the coaches coach." I'm sorry, I don't believe that's a bold faced lie. In my opinion, that's a bold faced lie because when I talked to Anthony Wright, who used to be a quarterback with the Dallas Cowboys back in the you know uh, '90s. 2000s, mm -hmm. that type of thing. He told me he never saw this in his life, his whole time playing football in the NFL. He never saw a president, owner, come sit in quarterback meetings. Yeah. Jerry Jones used to sit in the quarterback meetings with them. He said he never seen that before. So you mean to tell me as much as Jerry and Steven got their hands on the Cowboys, they don't have no influence on no play calling at no time. Man, get out of here, dog. Y'all, y'all yeah. got me bent. Yeah, it uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know on the thinking they're the smartest guy in the room and everything, and that their way is the way, and that they were the only ones who really saw it and understood it. It reminds me of Mark Cuban justifying blowing up the championship team by 
very condescendingly asking anyone who would question or criticize him. Have you read the new CBA? Have you have you read the new CBA? These teams are they're being overly aggressive and it's going to it's going to hurt them. It's going to cripple their team in a couple of years as far as the cap and what they can do. Meanwhile, all these super teams kept forming. They didn't, <laughs> didn't stop shit. And those teams kept winning. They kept mm -hmm. winning like mm -hmm. you could say Golden State built their dynasty and that that's what upended it and kind of sort of broke up that manufactured era of super teams, I guess. Um, but <laughs> until they joined in the ranks with Kevin Durant, but uh, e even still, like ev everything Cuban projected didn't happen. He blew up his team until this past year, never got out of the first round. It took him a decade to get out, decade, 11 years to get out of the first round. And all these other teams that were doing the shit he said was going to lead to their cap ruin, they just went off and won titles, right? <laughs> or at least, or at least were relevant and did stuff. And you know, Cuban just kept banking on this idea of like, oh, I'm going to be right in free agency. I'm going to get this big fish. Oh, okay, I'm going to get this big fish. I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. And he's going to turn it around. I'm going to get this guy and pair him with Dirk. I'm going to get this guy and blah blah blah. Never, 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 never. And I don't think he ever really got it. It's one of those things where it's like. I get that they had to be aware um, and Luca was high on their board. Luca wasn't their number one guy on the board. Right. If they had had number one, there's a real chance they would have also taken DeAndre Ayton. That's, that's something from Harlow ball. He's like, yeah, Luca was like three on their board. And that's where they were able to move up to. Cause that was Atlanta wanted Trey young, who was not projected to go before five or like four, I think was the highest. So it's like, even in that, did he figure it out? He took a little bit of dumb luck. He had to be at least conscious of it, at least aware. But I don't even know the Cowboys have the dumb luck because even when they get it, they still find a way to piss their pants. Mm -hmm. Tony well, Romo, undrafted. <laughs> you look at any of these things, you look at any of these cases, these just absolute gems that fall under their lap, and they just find a way to just completely squander it year after year after year. It's It's, it's so painful. I'm glad the Mavericks gave me this last season because it's been such a painful decade. Yeah, <laughs> such I'm, a painful I'm, I'm, decade as a Dallas sports fan. I'm glad they did too. And you know, just you know, I mean, both of these guys, you know, Mark Cuban, the Joneses, um, you know, um, you know, like you said, it, I, I'm living off the right now of the Western yeah. Conference of Finals. That was good, uh, but man, that what you just spoke is the truth on. <laughs> both ends with with mark cuban and the joneses it's like they're it's the same kind of thing is like oh well, i'm we're going to try to be the smartest people in the thing and you're not aggressive teams and when we're kind of closing it in this aggressive yeah. teams win no matter what you say no matter yeah. what anybody says in any sports realm in baseball basketball hockey anything when we see the penguins and them or the um remember the new york rangers when they would go mm -hmm. out we need to get go get messier or we need to go they wanted to go get a star and what did they do they would add to their teams and guess what they start winning you know what i'm saying yeah. it, it, it's just the way it is and so stephen yeah. jones and them can think that that's gonna work you keep on oh we're just gonna um buy low and keep on building yeah you're just going to fool a lot of Cowboys fans for the next 10 or 15 years and keep on believing that keep hope alive, but it ain't going to happen, dog. It's not. He who hesitates is lost and they have been lost for a quarter century. <laughs> like it's, 
it's painful, but it is what it is, man. We'll we'll it be here. I would I would be so happy to eat crow if they just finally did something. But I don't even see the urgency, and that's that's right. what has me the most beaten down. Mm-hmm. But that's enough of the depressing cowboy fan talk for now. <laughs> I like I like by the way how like the show is positively relentless, and I feel like we're just cowboy downers all the time. That's all right. I don't care. I, I don't. I'm. I don't really, I'm about as guilty as as anything on that. But, I don't uh, call it a downer. People yeah. can call it a downer. I call it real. I'm not going to yeah. sit there and talk about the fake stuff all the time. I got to look at this team from my eyes and say, I'm sorry. I just. I'm not going to. Some people can do a DDP. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I want to do it. I want to do it, but I can't. When I see this inside stuff, when I see what's really going on and for me to jump out there and be like yeah we're gonna win this and yeah we're gonna do that that's lying to myself and i can't yeah. do it and i'm not gonna do it on air to anybody else and if people want to say oh you're just being a downer then that's fine i'll be that downer i'll be that negative person i'll be all that that's fine you can say whatever you want about it but i'm not believing this foolery with the joneses any longer and it, that's what it is and this team like you said you got Michael Parsons, right? You got Trevin Diggs, right? You got a CD mm-hmm. Lamb, right? The same thing when you had the young Ezekiel and the young Dak and all them and all the young players that they have wasted and good players and talent they have wasted to try to do it this slow build way. The same thing is going to happen with Parsons. We're going to waste all these years with Parsons, all these years with Diggs, if they resign Diggs, because I'm, I'm going to say I that's if they they re- I don't think they're going to resign Diggs. I, that's yeah. what I feel in my heart. Diggs is not going to get re-signed here. I just feel that. I feel like the only one that's safe to get re-signed is Michael Michael Parsons out of that young group. Yeah, Uh, I I think that's fair. I I think with Diggs, they're going to be the ones, as much as they like to downplay like the negative stats and everything, the narratives against their guys right now, and like Diggs particularly, I bet you anything, once he's ready for contract negotiations, they're going to downplay every one of those interceptions because they're going to be like, oh, yeah. well, let's start talking about your yardage you give up. Exactly. Let's talk about your football focus score. Exactly. They're, exactly. they're going to be the ones weaponizing the very language mm-hmm. that they have railed against and shielded him from because that's what they do, mm-hmm. man. They, mm-hmm. it, I get it. It's a negotiation. You play hardball because you, you can't feel – they want to feel like they win negotiations, but with their stars, yeah. they typically don't. They usually give mm-hmm. them exactly what they want in the end. Mm-hmm. Shit, they could have had Dak at such a lower deal a full year or two earlier. We talked about Dak's price tag when it would have been 25 and the dumbass has let it go up to 40. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not on Dak. That's on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kevin and Zeke, like – yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Um, they either completely bend the knee or they kick you to somewhere else and let you walk. Like that's just that's just the nature of it. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that another time. This was a good show. I, I feel there refreshed was. from vacation. I feel refreshed as well. I feel yeah. great. I thought it was, yeah. was a great show. I thought you needed pr- that little break in that two weeks. I promise this was just one. I only had one. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that uh that loose right now, but. Yeah, this was just good vacation vibes kind of carrying through this show. Uh-huh. I loved it. Hey, it was good stuff, man. Throw them fire emojis on both sides, everybody, man. We had some good uh, Mavericks talk. I, hey, you know what? That was good Mavericks talk, but you know what I liked about this talk? The best DDP, the analyzation that you were giving between the Cuban and Joneses and just the correlation of the droughts. Yeah. 
there's been droughts and the mindset and the thought process of let's save, save, save. And guess what is it, what it did to the Mavericks tore them completely apart, made yep. them non-competitive and made them just in mediocrity for a four for how long and the same thing is happening with dallas and how you correlated that and people need to see so you need to replay this y'all if y'all didn't watch this you need to replay and replay this last part of this about the correlate with that because it's so real and when you're trying to be savvy when you're trying to be the smartest guy in the building you look like the dumbest guy yeah it's uh it, it's all about not letting your own perception cloud your judgment. Cuban kind of took his title as validation that everything he had done beforehand was the right path. When exactly. even then he mm. got one in at that point, 11 years as an owner, mm. which I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, well, look how many owners don't have titles, especially in the NBA. Right. Where so many dynasties right. and shit, but even still it's like, all right, you got a title. So now you just assume that you're right all the time. And yep. yeah, it, it's it's a cluster F, man. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back. We'll get it next week. We'll continue this. We're back on our usual schedule here every Wednesday, streaming live on the Dallas Prospect and Big Game James YouTube channels. Don't forget as well to check out the podcast. If you miss the show, you can always rewatch it on either of our channels, or you can check it out on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen. The podcast is there. Positively relentless. Don't forget to check it out. And uh, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna figure some stuff up. I'm gonna get some new stuff going here, some new bells and whistles and everything for the podcast. Because I think uh, I think we're ready to take that next step, where it's not just not just the the show, but kind of build out a little bit of the brand or something around it. I'm feeling this. I think we got something. Okay. All right, man. Let's do it. Like I said, we got the season about to roll in. Um, then basketball be coming right in. So just get ready. We got a lot of things getting ready to come up. You know, a lot of people say that, but this is really going to happen. It's been building. We've been doing it slowly. Um, but once we get into the season, y'all going to really see the ramp up and when we really get it cooking on both sides. So really appreciate everybody that jumped into the feed. Thank you. Give us a big share, a big like, a big follow on all the platforms once again. And make sure you just support this show like no other. Every Wednesday night, 9:15 EST, 8:15 Central on my dog's time, Texas time, Ohio time, 9:15. And make sure you're in the building and always give us that good support like we need so we can keep on cooking on both these platforms for both these teams. Yes, sir. All right. Until next time, guys. Peace. Doses. <laughs>